There will now be an opportunity for silent prayer and meditation. Thank you, you may be seated. One to start as soon as on here. Yes. Uh, honorable members, as usual, in the interest of safety, let us still adhere to the rules. Nothing has changed so far. Our masks must be on at all times. Doctor? <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, the, I, the first item on the order paper is a motion in the name of the chief whip of the majority party. I will now recognize the honorable, the chief whip, of the majority party. Thank you very much, uh, House Chair. Greetings to all honorable members of this house. House Chair, I hereby move that this house notwithstanding rule 27 of the election of temporary presiding officer elects Mr. T.R. Yangi and Ms. R.M.M. Lisoma to act as temporary presiding officers in the chamber during the hybrid sittings of the National Assembly and as and when necessary for the remainder of the sixth parliament. I so move, Honorable House Chair. Thank you. Thank you very much. Are there any objections to the motion? No objections agreed to. The second motion on the order paper is uh, also in the name of the Chief Whip of the Majority Party. May I recognize you, Honorable Chief Whip? Thank you very much, Honorable uh, House Chair. Honorable House Chair, this house to note with great shock and sadness, the passing of African National Congress Member of Parliament, Mr. Tumangosi, on Thursday, the 16th of December, on a very special day called Umkondowesizwe Day. This house to recall that Mr. Ngosi served as a member of the, of the first democratic parliament in 1994 and went on to become executive mayor of the city of Eguruleni from 2001 to 2008. This house to further recall that in 2019 he returned to parliament and that he returned to parliament and that at the time of his passing he was serving as the chairperson of trade, industry and competition portfolio committee. The house to acknowledge that he was a great leader and a servant of the people, a former Robben Islander and freedom fighter who dedicated his entire life 
to liberate and to serve the country. Further acknowledges that he served in various prominent senior positions, including serving as the president of the South African Local Government Association, known as SALGA, as the first president of the South African Commercial Catering and Allied Union, SAKAW, which was an affiliate of COSATU, remembers him as a humble, selfless, respectful, and principled man of integrity. This house to believe that his passing is a great loss to the legislative sector and South Africa as a whole, a sportman of note, this house to extend its deepest sympathies and condolences to the wife seated over Deus's floor, to the daughters, Gabsile and Ayanda, to the brothers led by Butulani present here, Lalangotolo, Lugula Lele, Lalangotolo, Lamini, Samketi, Nkosi, Kamalangini, I so move. Thank you, Honorable Chief Whip. Uh, the family is in the house. Uh, I you. can allow the others to stand except Mamugosi so that you, you, they, you just, they just see you just for a moment. Thank you. Thank you very much. And there are other family members uh, that are there also. Uh, without much ado, I will call on the Honorable McPherson to take the podium. Uh, House Chairperson, the DA is deeply saddened by the passing of our Portfolio uh, Committee Chairperson for Trade, Industry and Competition, the Honorable Nkosi, who sadly left us on the 16th of December 2021. Although Mr. Nkosi had been ill for some time, he continued to chair meetings of the committee right up until his passing. Mr. Nkosi certainly had a colorful and long career in politics, spanning many decades, from serving as a member of parliament in this house from 1994 to 2001, and then as the executive mayor of Ekuraleni from 2001 oh, until 2008 and then coming back to join us in Parliament in 2019. There are many good stories. There are many stories of the good work that Mr. Nkosi did as the Executive Mayor that a number of DA MPs who were councillors under his mayorship have recalled to me, including the current Executive Mayor, Tanya Campbell, who said that, and I quote about Mr. Nkosi, he was an astute politician who commanded an enormous respect uh, uh, um, uh, by his peers. I will always remember his gentle and diplomatic leadership uh, and the approach that he took. Mayor Campbell has also said that her multi-party government would endeavor to embrace Mr. Nkosi's, and I quote, political tolerance and humility in the exercising of their duties and in government. There can be no doubt or question about Mr. Nkosi's commitment to his political party the ANC, to his country and to this parliament, and something I'm sure that he will be remembered for when the history books are written. While we did not always agree with some of the decisions that Mr. Nkosi had taken as the chair of the committee, he was someone who was approachable offline to raise concerns about issues that we felt were important 
to South Africa. The DA prays that Mr. Nkosi's wife, his children, and his family will find rest and peace during this sad time. I thank you. Thank you. Can we have the EFF? I don't have a name. It's me, Honorable Speaker. Thank you very much. You may proceed. Thank you. Um, I first met Honorable Ngozi in the sixth parliament. And please excuse me, Honorable Chair. Um, it's just that with the load shedding and everything, I am trying to find the best possible space for me to speak. Um, he asked you for us to very, for You are life. very audible. Don't worry. We can hear you very well. Thank you. Um, when we first met, he asked for us to meet for lunch after our first sitting as a committee. And during that meeting, um, we did take each other through as to uh, where we had been and the people we wanted to become, as well as what we sought to achieve within the committee. Honorable Ngosi and his emphasis was on education. And being that I was a young woman, um, it was a forward plan um, because his was that these are politics and as such, we should always think outside the box, which is parliament. We worked incredibly well with this man who was a liberal to a fault. Um, a man who really liked and dis uh, sorry, who disliked bad language and was always witty, almost to a corny point um, with his rebuttals. But we always bad hate with the opposition, but we, we always found each other. Um, his family lost a husband, a dedicated father, who would always speak about being the only man in his household, which showed because he took care of us, um, just as he would his daughters when we'd go out on, on outings. Honorable Ngozi was a professional to the very end. Um, and when I say this, it was to the very end, I mean it because through his last breath, we were in a committee and we couldn't understand how he would be so strong and he was so ill, but yet he found himself and he was there and present. And he continued to ignore us, even though we would ask him, are you okay? You know, he never wanted to give in. Um, I hope his daughters, as well as Mrs. Ngosi, take pride in the fact that the man they had in their lives was a very kind man. He was a very dedicated man. Um, he was a very uh, professional man. He was a man who was inspirational to us, especially as a young woman. Um, we did speak about education a lot. We did go and take it other, each other through as to what I wanted to be. And he was very conscientious as to what direction I wanted to take in politics. And for me, it, take, it means a lot because uh, it, it's never a lot of times that you meet uh, a man in politics who would want to um, understand where you come from, who would uh, want to understand where you're going, who would want to understand exactly um, what direction you wanted to take. And this is the caliber of men I'm speaking about when I'm speaking about the chairperson, the former chairperson of the Portfolio Committee of CTIC. Um so I hope his family do take into cognizance the fact that, you know, not only did they have a father, a husband, not only did they have a family member, but they also had a man who cared about the general direction that South Africa wanted to take. Um, and there's so much more that I could say um, about Honorable Ngozi. So, so much more. Uh, but I don't think there are words that could fulfill uh, my own heart um, as somebody who served with him as somebody who met with him, as somebody who spent time with him, um, as somebody who laughed with him and cried with him and lamented with him on many issues. 
Um, however, I do want to say to his family that you should know that he did honor you. He did love you and that he, he, he was there and, and, and that he served this country to the very best possibility that he could. And um, may his soul rest in peace. Thank you very much, Che. Thank you, Ms. Yako. Thank you very much. Uh, IFP are you taking it, Mam Tlengwa? Yes, I Don't walk there, Mama. No problem. You can walk behind you, Mam Kaula. <laughs> Chief, we bunga intimidate you, Mam Muntengwa, please. Uh, uh, I'm not intimidating, Mama. <laughs> this is an intimidation, but I'm not intimidatable. Honorable <laughs> Chairperson. Thank you. Tina and Jenny IFP, Sizoraliso Kulu Ukdaboga Ubabung Osugewa by mediator Pagatwe IFP, Ne ANC, Etoros Nako Begukona Lobo Zeluan, Nalobo Slobo Inga Kunjis Patega. It is with deep sadness that Ingata Freedom Party. Head of the death of Honorable Ngosi, I wish to extend our deepest condolences on behalf of His Excellency Prince Mangotsu Tubutelezi, the President of IFP, Honorable Velengosini Shabisa, and the IFP Parliamental Caucus, the family and friends of Honorable Ngosi as well as his colleagues in the ANC and those members that serve alongside him in the Portfolio Committee Trading Industry. In his role as, cha as chairperson of the Portfolio Committee on Trading Industry, he served the committee with passion, integrity, and diligence. His institutional knowledge of parliament and his experience as a mayor of Eguruleni from 2001 to 2008 enriched his leadership skills, which he carried over into his role in the Portfolio Committee on Trade and Industry. His leadership will great miss. The IFP would like to acknowledge the life and work of Honorable Ngozi. Honorable members, 
Let us honor the life of Honorable Ngozi by diligently fulfilling our oversight duties as parliament. Let us his memory be strong reminder that our work should be guided by passion, dedication, and always with the goal of creating a better future to our people. On behalf of our leader in parliament, Prince Mangosu Tutelezi, and all the IFP members in the National Assembly, I would like to again extend our sincere condolences to his strategy loss. May his soul rest in peace. Amen. The Honorable Mulder from the FF Plus. Thank FJ. you. Thank you, Honorable House Chair. I got to know the late Honorable Member Duma Moses Nkosi as a humble person who refrained from raising his voice, refrained from bitter speech or harsh language, and was never unkind, although his views offer different from that of opposition parties and more specific that of the Freedom Front Plus. We often had in-depth discussions on our total opposite political views, and I respected the fact that he would argue, debate, motivate, and defend his views while listening to the political views of others. Honorable Chair, the late Honorable Nkosi was a devoted lifelong community servant and stood proud for what he believed till the end of his days. The former trade unionist, executive mayor of Ikurleni, member of the SACP in Gauteng, member of parliament and comrades marathon runner had a disciplined mind and often took time to have personal discussions with me while serving in the trade industry and competition committee. The Freedom Front Plus offers our sincere condolences to the Nkosi family and his loved ones. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Mulder. We proceed to the ACGP and invite Honorable Sukers. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. I... Thank you, Chair. I, I write, I speak on behalf of um, our Deputy President, Wayne Thring, who served with Honorable Nkosi. Honorable, Honorable Chair, on behalf of the President of the ACDP, the Reverend Dr. Kenneth Meshwe, our leadership and members, allow me to once again offer our sincere condolences to the family of Honorable Duma Nkosi, as well as his broader family within the ANC. My first face-to-face -face meeting with Honorable Nkosi was over a meal. His office called to invite me to have lunch with the chair of the DTIC portfolio committee. And this was not long after we were sworn in as newly elected MPs in, 1990, in, in to, to, 2019. It was at this lunch meeting that I got to know a little better the man seated on the chair of our committee. I discovered that we both served at local government level for many years, the difference being that he was a former mayor. 
I found the Honorable Nkosi to be an intelligent, decent, upright, always punctual and hardworking MP. Though we served on opposing sides of the political fence and our meetings were at times very robust with Honorable Nkosi, I could agree to disagree while simultaneously both maintaining our civil and respectful posture towards each other. Indeed, we are the poorer with the passing of Honorable Nkosi and he has left behind in his family and political party a vacuum which will not be easy, easy to fill. Allow me to encourage the family of Honorable Nkosi with the following quotations. What we have once enjoyed, we can never lose. All that we love deeply becomes a part of us, says Alan Keller. <clears throat> Say not in grief that they are gone, but give thanks that they were yours, is a Hebrew proverb. And in Matthew 5 verse 4, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. In Psalm 30, 34 verse 18, it says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. And lastly, in Matthew's, 11, 28 to 30, it says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Once again, our prayers and condolences go to the family, friends, and relatives of Honorable Nkosi. Thank you, Jane. <clears throat> Thank you, Honorable Sukers. Siobiza Manje Umsonisha and Davisitakwa from the UGM. Mshalinga Pambili, Dime Apa Ekameni, the United Democratic Movement. Dizokalim Swani, Mrs. Twakum Besok Shiwangoputuma. Been sitting up to Mamma Clanton Biza, Kubaga Loko, Ibin, the Lestetanga Yunjangama Africa. Then Yazinko Kelly gave us a seat in a classic portfolio committees. Benga Solo Gofisis one, Nagany would take into any Kubaga Banda Bafani Naman, Zababegi Kalani. Got a best city scenes alone, Rosia's good is a tetter, Sisloni Penne, Sisloni Pill and a good umdala good in Abenison Piggy Sanjay. A portfolio committee lebe seva kuyoga lukti na sifana ni zandaga kwa zindamba na nisi pepeze lapo standakon. La portfolio committee ye trade and industry bendi siti klantenda indu endu elanjengo moi nwele nifiga kuyo. Sifige pana si gaga neno buduma si pigisa nga mama klesha nga mama klesha sifumelanda. Okubalu likile yo zez nyizengo keli bendi azukuti zitobegi ili. Kwaye ziti kwa ziteta ziti ikamva abayum zilom Zanzafrika liku ningo kuzuko kelezi ncha. Ningati noba tina sinespene si moshili uba nizulungisa apo si moshe kona. Ingagini noba nizakuzitupe la lom Zanzafrika kwa uni moshile in future. Tifunugutike kusapo lwa kwangosi kuzilobo nezalamani kumbuto wa KI African National Congress tutuini kuni Akushanga lunge shanga tutizelegani. Lalani ngeinaeba sikala nani. Tifunuguti benze tiko apumle ngona pagate. Umkanyi selengo kanyi so olunga kumi. Sabule. Sabule lecha. Uh, Andina aluigama elibuya wa ATM. 
Ungabu uko na umunye mshambe gu platform. Abeko. Uh, we proceed and call, invite the NFP represented by the Honorable Sheikh Imam. Are you there, Honorable? Uh, oh, what was this? Angbonge Slalo, CNFP Ngokulu Uktobega, CFISA Uktulisa Amazi Endudozo, Mdenini, Kunkoskazi, Kababa Uduma, Izishobo, Kanye Numbuto, We ANC. City to Tuzigani, Galoku, Oguisesho, Essefil. Umshonisha Ungosi, Bengomunye, Wabasabes, Beparlament, Exuelan and Scatis of Kala, Wenkulego, Yalilizwe, Usabenzele, Abandu, Bassanism, Africa, Scatisid, Gako, Sinatem, Badoti, Umpagat, Bassanism, Africa, Uyalila, Nao, Watabuga, Gobuza, Isendabas, Ushulawake, Emshabeni. In Ism Africa, Ikamede, Ingozi, Ingekwandwala, Malukangelua, Ikawe, Ebelfana, Nomsunishwa, Ubaba, Ungosti. Sitige Umpefluake, Sengati, Ungalala, Utula, Abuetanga, Lungetanga, Siabonga, House Chair. Strogoze, Mfunisha. Nizotela Manje from the AIC. Equation is not favoring me where I am. May I please leave my video off? It's off already. You may proceed. Thank you, Stalo. The African Independent Congress wishes to dip its revolutionary banner in memory of our colleague, Comrade Moses Ngozi who joined other hard-working civil servants like Peter Jackson Mtembu and Colin Shaban to form a formidable alliance of the living dead. Governor Bosi was kind. He was part of the first batch of parliamentarians who joined the National Assembly in 1994 alongside with Ujo Tata and many others. It was during this period that a transformative legislative framework was adopted. This saw the passing of radical legislation such as the Employment Equality Act, Choice on Termination of Pregnancy Act, the 1996 Constitution, and a host of other groundbreaking law. Governor Ngozi was right at the center of this jurisprudence. Not only was his leadership attributes, attributes demonstrated by his involvement in parliamentary committees, but they were also revealed through his ability to lead key institutions like the Housing Provincial Legislature, the South African Commercial Housing Workers Union and the South African Local Government Association in Housing. He was also executive mayor of Eguruleng Metropolitan Municipality from 2001 to 2008. 
we indeed have lost a great soul, a leader and a public servant. May his soul rest in peace. Once again, uh, we convey the AIC condolences, condolences to his dearest family. I thank you. We proceed and ask if there is anyone from COPE. I don't have a name. Nobody. PAC, I don't have a name. I Okay. The Honorable Hendricks Aljama. Thank you very much, Honorable House Chair. Honorable House Chair Aljama has a special place in its heart for all former Robin Islanders uh, who brought about uh, our revolution. We extend our deepest sympathies and prayers to the family of Mr. Duma, Moses and Kozi on his sudden demise on the 16th of December 2021. Mr. Kozi, a struggle veteran, and we have many few left, who served many years in Robben Island, was known as a servant to his people. He was among the first crop of lawmakers to serve in the country's first democratically elected uh, government, from a hero to a member of parliament. He held many vital positions, which has been mentioned by honorable members. While holding all these positions, President Kozi did not shy away from exposing capitalist exploitation, a problem that we still have today. But he left behind a legacy which we must fulfill, and that is to continue the struggle towards real freedom, economic transformation, economic freedom in society, and to build sustainable communities like smart cities and smart villages and smart locations and not live in stone age uh, settlements. Our Altamar's heartfelt condolences to his family, the African National Congress, his constituency, but he didn't have a constituency. He was a member of parliament for all South Africans and fellow members of parliament. May our prayers be a source of comfort to his family during a difficult time. Thank you very much, Honorable House Chair. Thank you, Honorable Hendricks. To conclude, we will invite from the ANC, the Honorable Mbuyan. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Greetings to the Chief Whip of the Marojiti Party and the Honorable Members. Special greetings to the Nkosi family. Uh, we gathered here to pay tribute to a beloved son of our liberation movement, a fierce and a resolute warrior of our working class, a champion of the poor and the marginalized. We are here to celebrate a life well lived, 
a struggle well fought and a selfless service well undertaken. A friend, a colleague, a noble servant, a comrade, and a chair. This thing was just okay. On behalf of the African National Congress, the movement of which Comrade Honorable proudly served for many years, I would like to take this opportunity to convey our deepest sympathy and heartfelt condolences to the family, friends, and comrades. His passing is indeed a huge loss to the broader Revolutionary Alliance and is continued badly for the victory of the National Democratic Revolution. Honorable Dumas' talent, skill, and experience accumulated through many years of leading in tripartite alliance became invaluable to the African National Congress in Parliament and the people of South Africa as a whole. Honorable Dumas spent a life as a community activist, trade unionist, a leader, a civil servant. He cut his teeth as an ANC activist from 1979 and deepened his working class consciousness in the trade union movement as a shop steward at the macro due to the commitment and love for the working class. He was later elected as a president uh, of the working class conscious. Chaperson, uh, he served as the chairperson of the ANC branch in Togoza from 1990-96. He was elected amongst the first crop of the ANC MPs in 1994, serving until 2001, wherein he chaired the Portfolio Committee on Mineral Energy for four years. Therefore, he served as the second uh, mayor of Ekurulin, Metro, uh, metropolitan Municipality in 2001, helping to steering the municipality and made up a number of towns in a single entity. True to his modest and humble character, Comrade Duma was always willing to serve uh, the people of South Africa in whatever capacity that is aligned with the need of the poor and dedicated to improvement of the quality of life of the people. In 2011, he joined the Economic Development Department as a senior official for eight years. During his period, he worked diligently as part of the collective that addressed ways to create jobs and support local community through addressing challenges faced by investors in small business. He helped to unblock a number of key projects, including others in the supply of water and energy security for business across the land and breadth of our country. In 2019, he was elected back to parliament, uh, uh, this time to serve as a chairperson of a portfolio committee on trade and industry competition. He chaired our committee with humility and maturity and exhibited profound wisdom and knowledge, was never arrogant and had the highest level of integrity a true leader who was always exemplary, accommodative of divergency views. 
It was indeed an honor to have worked close with individuals such as inspiring humanity and courageous spirit. It was one of the greatest aspects of the ANC, the Alliance and the Activist Parliament, which we have all committed ourselves to. What is left for us is to pick up where he left off and continue with the battle for social transformation of our people. We have to confront the multiple crises facing South Africa, such as the intractable high level of unemployment, poverty, inequality, and the associate crisis of social reproduction. We will be failing his legacy if we did not take this task seriously. For even when he was in his weakest, Honorable Nkos remained committed to saving the people of South Africa until the day he ceased to be with us. He was seasoned principal politician, a true organic leader, an intellectual, a champion of working class, and a very humble servant of their people. I thank you. That concludes the speaker's list on this matter. I take it, honorable members, that there are no objections to the motion being adopted. Will members rise to observe a moment of silence in memory of the, the family must be seated in memory of GM Nkosi. Thank you. You may be seated. The presiding officers associate themselves with the motion and the condolences of the house will be conveyed to the Nkosi family. Maybe just as an announcement before we proceed, Parliament has provided the condolence book, motion book outside these doors and uh, you will be allowed to write your messages from Parliament until we go on recess. It's only then that the books will be taken to the family. So please, uh, those that are coming into, into the chamber, let's proceed and let's make sure that we, we sign that uh, condolence book. Uh, the third motion on the order paper is also in the name of the chief whip of the majority party. Thank you very much, House Chair, Honorable Members. It's out to note with deep sadness the passing of African National Congress Member of Parliament, Honorable Ms. Muluko Mekitlu, on Thursday, the 3rd of February 2022. This house to acknowledge that Honorable Mekitlu, affectionately known as Mane Maki, enjoyed an illustrious political career marked by dedication service and selflessness. Further acknowledge that she was a diligent activist from the Progressive Women's Movement 
who was active in the Winterfeld area during the 80s. This house to remember that her political credentials include serving as a regional executive committee of both the ANC and the ANC Women's League in Tswane, and later as a member of the provincial executive committee of the ANC in Gauteng province from 2014 to 2018. Further remembers that she was deployed to the Gauteng provincial legislature as a member of, of provincial legislature MPL, where she served in the portfolio committee of economic development and education. This house to further recall that after 10 years in the legislature, following the 2019 general elections, she was deployed to the National Assembly as a member of parliament. Further recalls that at the time of her passing, she was serving in a portfolio committee of cooperative governance and traditional affairs known as COCTA, where she lives an enduring and shining legacy. And this house to extend its deepest sympathies and condolences to the Cho family. The two daughters are here with us, daughter Tembi, daughter Humuzo, and the last one, Makau. I thank you. Thank you, uh, Chief Whip. Uh, I will just ask the two daughters that are with us just to stand up so that uh, the members can recognize you. Thank you very much. Uh, we proceed now, and I will invite from the DA, the Honorable, don't kill me, Spies. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Honorable members, and a special greeting to the um, family of Honorable Tlo. Today, I rise on behalf of the Democratic Alliance, and in particular, on behalf of my colleague, Honorable Brunk, who unfortunately cannot be here today. I did not have the honor and privilege to know Honorable Tlo for very long because I only joined the committee last year. But I share in the sentiments and the tribute um, that my honorable colleague um, has written down. We would like to extend our heartfelt condolences to the African National Congress and the Clough family on the passing of Honorable Maggie Clough. As a member of the 2019 intake, intake of MPs, I regret not having more time with Matlow due to COVID-19 and lockdown. Most of our committee interactions since the election have been virtual, but I do remember the few opportunities we had to attend in-person meetings and oversight visits together. Despite our differences in politics and age, she treated me with warmth and friendliness and the utmost respect. On occasion, she also spoke to me in my home language, the surest way of expressing empathy with someone, especially uh, in this country of ours. We both lived in Pretoria, and so we had a lot to talk about. I remember the petition that Honorable Tlo brought to the committee to assist the community of Naomobius with long overdue housing allocations. 
At her insistence, both the city and the province were called to explain themselves at the committee, and the people of Nalmapius were well served by her intervention. We honor today the memory of Honorable Tlo, and we pray that God gives comfort to her family. And to the family, I want to say, please know that you are in our thoughts and our prayers, and we share in your sorrow. May her beautiful soul rest in peace. And in the words of Helen Keller, what we have once enjoyed, we can never lose. All that we love deeply becomes a part of us. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Spice. From the EFF, I don't have a name. No, thank you very much. It's Honorable Kaza Chepesin. Thank you, Honorable Kaza. Chepesin, uh, allow us to pay homage uh, to Mamtro. Uh, uh, the EFF is quite uh, deeply settled by the passing of Mamtro, who, who passes away on the 3rd of February 2021. We shall miss her delayed elastics from the rhythm of her voice a poised and well-prepared member of the uh, Portfolio Committee on Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs. Uh, honorable members, we meet here today with heavy heart and sorrow. I do not know and I do not have, uh, I did not have to remember Mamtro Mam by her first names. As a young African man, I thought through the rite of passage to address the elderly with the respect they deserve. As we commemorate a life well lived, Mamtro was an, was an epitome, an experience of the, of the committee who was indeed determined to conduct oversight over the executive departments, uh, provinces, and, municipal, and municipalities, a journey that has taken her many years. Some, some days filled with laughter, some filled with tears. At a difficult period such as lockdown, we crumble at yet another loss, but, but journey well, well traveled. As Chair Guevara once said, we live life not to celebrate victories, but overcome obstacles, close quote. We believe that Honorable Mamtro's passing also indicates the victories over, over those obstacles in the struggle for clean and sound governance, leaving young people to rethink their part in terms of participating in, in the country's politics, thus determining their, their faith in economic liberation than otherwise currently determined in certain economic cycles. This is what we engage on with Mamtro. Mamtro understood well uh, that as members of, of the portfolio committee, in order to defeat the common enemy of corruption, maladministration, and financial mis mismanagement, as often raised in the Auditor General's reports, the committee should be able to, to, to propel forward the principles of accountability, thus unite to hold those liable accountable. This is to say that, Chairperson, we have drawn from the, from the fountain of uh, knowledge in local government and, and legislation that accompanies it in Mamtro. We are therefore uh, together with Mamtro, uh, Mam, Mamfaith Mutambi, who presided uh, 
over the over the committee that was visited by Vietnamese parliamentary members, exchanging gift which we have declared in parliament. Thanks God. Honorable members, uh, allow me to quote one of the mystics in the Eastern philosophy by the name of Hazrat Inayat Khan. I have loved in, in life and I have been loved. I have, I, I have been raised above life, life's joy and sorrow. My heart a flame set afire every heart that came in touch with it. A thousand deaths, a thousand deaths, my heart had, had uh, uh, my heart did, uh, my heart died, and thanks to love, it lives yet again. Close quote. There can, there can never be no, there, there, there can be no rebirth, Jefferson, without the, a dark night of the soul towards the horizon of the soul. A, a total annihilation of all that you believed and thought you were. I sift the morning breeze at a better place where the inevitable dwells. Your, your potential was, was exhausted to the end and, and you served in the, in the committee with diligence and commitment. Let me take this opportunity, Chairperson, to let you uh, to let you know that those who left behind will not be, will not give up will not give up the fight from from the issues you raise of artisans within Mister artisan replacement within Mister budget that the committee needed to focus and target its attention on most salient matters and recommend the increasing uh, disaster recovery grant and the effect of climate change. These are the issues that you exposed, Mamkro. The EFF is therefore uh, uh, extending the console, its condolences and may your soul rest in, in, in eternal peace. Thank you very much. That was. Uh, from the IFP, let's uh, recognize Mama Josie. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Um, Honorable Chair, on behalf of Honorable Princess Butelezi, who served with Mamklo on the Portfolio Committee on Cocktail, I will say the Inkata Freedom Party would like to offer its sincere condolences to the family and friends of the Honorable Miss Mulokumegi Klo, as well as her colleagues in the ANC. And those members that served alongside with her in the Portfolio Committee on Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs. As a nation, we have experienced so much loss over the past two years, and our hearts are heavy as we yet again have to bid farewell to one of our fellow members. Our Honorable Pro was described by her fellow COCTA committee members as a humble, selfless, disciplined community development worker and servant of the people especially for those who had been historically disadvantaged. She used, to, she, she used the committee as the means to demand that service delivery is delivered to the people. Honorable Glow was deployed to the National Assembly after the 2019 election and had served her party and the people of South Africa with diligence. Since the 80s, she was a member of the Progressive Women's Movement and later served in leadership roles 
in the ANC Women's League structures. We would like to acknowledge and celebrate Honorable Glow's life of service and commit to honoring her legacy of selfless dedication in the pursuit of service delivery for our people. To the two daughters, condolences to the two daughters of Mam Glow. Losing a loved one is hurting, but losing a parent is devastating. I pray that God gives them strength to overcome these hard times. I again echo the heartfelt condolences of our leader in parliament, His Excellency, Honorable Prince Mangosu Tukchelezi, as well as the chief whip and all members of the IFP caucus in the National Assembly. May her soul rest in peace. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Mama Josie. Thank you. Find the FF Plus. Once we're welcome, I am Hrunewald. Thank you, Honorable House Chair. On behalf of the Freedom Front Plus, I want to convey our deepest condolences to the family, friends, and colleagues of Honorable Clo. Honorable Clo was a member of the Portfolio Committee of Corporate Governance and Traditional Affairs, of which I'm also a member. She served with pride and commitment and was an informed and experienced colleague. She was very concerned about the state of municipalities and a lack of adequate service delivery. Prior to her election to the National Assembly, she served the community as a member of the Gauteng Provincial Legislature. With her experience and a love for local government, she made constructive contributions to the Portfolio Committee. She was dedicated to her organization, the ANC. I also wish to express our sincere condolences with the ANC. With her loved ones, I wish to share the following. In sorrow, we mourn those we've lost. In gratitude, we embrace those around us. In sympathy, we reach out to those who grieve and pray that God forever holds you in his peace. Thank you, Honorable LJ. Thank you, Akbara. We proceed and invite the ACGP through Ms. Sukars. Thank you, Chairperson. I just, for the sake of um, the connection, will keep my video off. On behalf of our President, Reverend Kenneth Meshwe, the Executive and the members of the ACDP, we extend our heartfelt condolences to the family of Mama Tlao and her political family, the African National Congress. In reading the background of Mamegi and that she labored in politics since the 80s, it filled me with so much admiration for a woman whom I never had the privilege to speak to, but upon whose shoulders us as the next generation of women leaders are standing. We were but children in the 80s. And the songwriter rightfully say, what shall I render to Jehovah? For he has done so very much for me. We thank God for the leaders that we as young women of this generation have in women like Matlau. We want to extend our thanks to the children of Mamoloko Megitlau for the sacrifice they had to make during their mother's illustrious political career and service to our country. And we want to encourage you today that as Africans, we know that death is but a doorway. And for those who believe in Christ and who live for him, it is the beginning of life eternal with the one we love and who loved us before we were even born. Our blessing to you today, may the Lord bless you 
May he keep you and make his face shine upon you in your time of loss. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Sukers. We will now invite from the UGM, the Honorable Kwanko. Thank you very much, House Chair. On behalf of the United Democratic Movement, I wish to extend our deepest condolences to the family, the relatives, the friends, the comrades in the Congress Movement, the African National Congress of Matlow. Matlow was one of the members of parliament who was dedicated and committed to community development and the cause in, in particular of women empowerment. Nowhere was the, her role as a gender activist more evident than in a role as an activist in the, in the progressive women's movement. Even as she was serving as a member on the portfolio committee on COCTA, she was always concerned about the state of municipalities and worked hard to try and ensure that we provided the necessary support that we could as this house in order to ensure that municipalities without exception, operated at an optimal level and that they are able to serve the people of South Africa. I would like to say that uh, to us as a United Democratic Movement, Mantlo came across as a selfless leader, was committed to the cause of building a better life for all, but more especially those who come from the previous, who are previously disadvantaged. She leaves an admirable legacy in the political space and will forever remember her for her unbiased views and their commitment to building a better life for all. To the Chloe family and loved ones, you are in our prayers. We hope you find peace and comfort in your time of grief. As we proceed and invite the ATM, if there's somebody, I proceed, pass. Uh, from the NFP, Sizokela Urutat CBC. Yabonga Salo, see National Freedom Party, see Fisa Ukshudisa Amazi Endodozo, Mdenini Kamama Umeki Chow. Amatotagazi, Abangani, Neslobo, Kanye Nozawabo, Abenabo, a committee, Kwakota, Nasambutanuake, African National Congress, Jungoba, Besa Kubega, Bezilile, Bezilela, Ukulawake, Mshabeni, Sietemba, Uti, Imezwanim Tabango, Enjulaguyo, Blesaskati, Essenzima, Umkulunguluzawazi, Ugunipa, Amanja, Ankinese Niwaz Pegana Nazwazwanke, Noman Niwazu Pegana Nesimo Epsipsum, Sokshiwa Ilunga, Lumdeni, Nesokshiwa Ilunga, Remembership, Yaga ANC. Sietembage Uti Imkulego, Iun Kinesa, Uti Intuduze, Niwazi Upega Pambili, Sfisa Sangatungulungulu. Anganbusesa, Abesebusesa Numpefumlo Wake, Ulale Ngoktula, Sia Togoza Stars. Togozem Fonisha from the AIC Ngizo Kela Uba Bu Chafta. 
Thank you, Stan. As the leadership of the African Independent Congress, we wish to pass it, the, the AIC condolences to the family of Mama Umoroko Tlou. Mama Uklou served in the Cogta Portfolio Committee after the 2019 general elections. We learned through his party, to her party, the African National Congress, that she held values of unity of peoples to heart. These values are consistent with our own commitment to building a united, cohesive, and non-racial democratic South Africa. Her leadership roles were wide and sparse. She served in the ANC Women's League structures at both regional and provincial levels. She also served in the Howden ANC PC from 2014 to 2018. Mamutlo, as attested by her colleagues, was diligent and, and hardworking. May her resilient spirit rest in eternal internal life, internal peace. Thank you, Shlal. Just to confirm that COPE is not on the platform. No. And the PAC? No. We now proceed to Al Jama, the Honorable Hendricks. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable House Chair. Honorable House Chair, on behalf of Al Jama and our constituency in Winterfeld, I would like to express our sincere condolences to the family, friends, members of the African National Congress fellow members of parliament on the death of Mama Maggie, who sadly passed away on the 3rd of February, 2022. It is an honor to have her two daughters with us here today, and we really appreciate the special effort they made to join us in the Good Hope Chamber. Mama Maggie was a conscientious person who made sure that officials respond to inquiries from her constituency. That was an example for me, and I hope I can follow the example. While serving in Kokta, she insisted that the Director General on audit outcomes respond to the questions relating to payments made to contractors every, every month. So there was attention uh, to detail. We also remember a strong and committed leadership displayed in the ANC Women's League at regional and provincial level. This has greatly advanced the course of the uh, uh, objective to bring about uh, more involvement by women in parliament. She will be remembered as a humble and committed person who served the community with dignity. Although I'm only an alternative member of Kohta, the few meetings I attended, Mama Maggie stood out as a giant of a leader. Our thoughts and prayers are with the family and friends. During this time of the bereavement, we pray they find comfort in the memories and great legacy she has left behind. And she indeed left behind a great legacy. Thank you very much, Honorable House Chair. We proceed and invite from the ANC the Honorable Mpumza.
Mandi Bulele Slalo. The family of Honorable Megitlo, dear comrades and friends, Honorable members, we stand before you today on behalf of our Honorable Close Organization, the African National Congress, to convey our heartfelt condolences to the family, the friends, and close daughters in particular. <laughs> Together with her, we were called upon by the National Liberation Movement to serve the people of this country and in Parliament to act as agents of transformation and press the noble ideas of non-racialism, non-sexism, and a democratic social order. We are here to salute and commemorate a life of sacrifice, a struggle that was lived by Honorable Law from the early ages in from the early age in the 1980s. Honorable Law became part of a generation of activists that would fan the flames of freedom. This is a generation that responded to the clarion call made by President Oliver Tambo when he said, our own tasks are very clear to bring about the kind of society that is visualized in the Freedom Charter. We have, picked, we have to break down and destroy the old order. We have to make apathy unworkable and our country ungovernable. The accomplishment of this task will create the situation for us to overthrow the apartheid regime and for power to pass to the hands of the people as a whole. Close the quote. The generation of activists that Honorable Law was part of is a generation that acted as the midwives of political liberation as South Africa transitioned from colonial apartheid and birthed a new democratic society. She cut her clothes, she cut her political teeth in the UDF activism and became one of the scores of women who took a decision to challenge patriarchal relations in society. This is at a time when it was not fashionable, even within the movement, as some were still trapped in the backward cultural practices. We owe women like Honorable Flo a great debt of gratitude for insisting that the liberation drive and the broader society place the gender question at the center of development. This is how we all eventually appreciated that total liberation of the blacks in general and Africans in particular would be incomplete without answering the question of the liberation of women. Honorable Chairperson, allow me to say that uh, Honorable Law did not perceive, but lived and breathed the human solidarity underpinned by a boundless fountain of love and a deep faith in the values and aspirations of her people, as was symbolized by her activism around addressing the question of non-housing in Nelma Plas in Swane. The ideological orientation of Honorable Megislo assimilated, assimilated in the days of gender activism from the rank and file of the progressive women's movement continued to be evident as she carried out a task in the various areas 
of a deployments in the democratic state. It became clear to all of us that as the legislature and parliament, her life mission was to ensure that the gender question is answered in the process of implementing development programs. This was a useful quality we appreciated about her because women constitute the majority of the population in our country and most of the socioeconomic challenges we face affect women the most. Whether it is unemployment, poverty, inequality, it is women that are marginalized that, than any other social strata. The marginalization of women, the fact that power relations are skewed in favor of men has led to the ugly phenomenon of gender-based violence and femicide. This is something which deeply worried her in our conversation and she assisted us to analyze the cause and effect of this phenomenon and further assisted us in answering the question, what needs to be done? She appreciated her strong views on this issue and men who are engaged in this process of learning and relearning, she forced us to reflect on our role and what changes we need to make at a personal level. This is how provocative she was, even with her gently approach. As part of honoring her and the work that she dedicated her entire life to complete, we must pick up the spear and continue to strike against patriarchy. For us men, it may be an even tougher struggle because it may be a struggle to change approaches towards women that we have been socialized to espouse since beyond since boyhood, in her honor, we recommit ourselves to the noble ideas of non-racialism, non-sexism, democratic and prosperous society. Rest in peace, comrade Megatlo. Thank you. As we conclude that speaker's list, I take it, honorable members, that there are no objections to the motion. Now, may we rise to observe a moment of silence in the memory of Mamto. Thank you. You may be seated. The presiding officers associate themselves with the motion and condolences of the house will be conveyed to the Glow family. Thank you very much. The secretary will read the first order of the day. Consideration of report of Portfolio Committee on Communications on annual report and financial statements of State Information Agency. Thank you very much. I will now um, ask the, the Chief Whip. Oh, no, let me start with the, the, the recognize the the Honorable Maneli first, you'll come after, okay. The Honorable Maneli. Thank you, Mr. Chair. 
Honorable Asche, Honorable Ministers and Deputy Ministers, Honorable Members, Committee Support Staff, Fellow South Africans, arise to introduce this report on the annual report and financial statements of the State Information Technology Agency, CETA, almost two days since this August House engaged in a very important debate as a way of celebrating the International Women's Day in the year 2022 under the theme I quote, Gender Equality Today for a Sustainable Tomorrow, close quote. This theme remains relevant in our oversight task of ensuring state-owned companies, SOCs, like CETA deliver in their developmental mandate in a way that is transformative and sustainable. This remains our understanding on why we need to repurpose CETA as a state ICT agency as part of the reconfiguration and rationalization process of the SOCs as pronounced by His Excellency, the Honorable President Sarah Ramaphosa in the summer since the installation of this sixth administration. Honorable House Chairperson, According to Section 5 of the Money Bills Amendment Procedure and Related Matters Act, the National Assembly, through its committees, must annually assess the performance of each national department. The committee must submit an annual budgetary review and recommendations report, BRRR, for the department as it falls under its oversight responsibilities for tabling in the National Assembly. This process happens every October of each year where the committee assesses service delivery performance given available resources, evaluate effective and efficient use, as well as the forward allocation of resources and make recommendations on the forward use of resources. The Portfolio Committee on Communications the Committee considered the performance and submissions to, to National Treasury for the medium term period of the two departments reporting to it, namely the Department of Communications and Digital Technologies, DCTT, and Government Communications and Information Systems, GCIS. Furthermore, the committee is mandated to assess all entities reporting to the two departments, and as such, the following entities' financial performance for the 2020-2021 financial year was scrutinized, one being the Film and Publications Board, FPB, the Independent Communications Authority of South Africa, CASA, CENTEC, Broadbrand Infraco, BBI, uh, NEMISA, the South African Broadcasting Corporation, SABC, USASA, USAF, and Dotzetna on the 9th and 10th November 2021. CETA tabled its report only after the BRRR process was concluded, while SAPO has yet to table its annual report for the period. The committee met with CETA on 15 February 2022. This report is the summary of reporting of CETA, who tabled on the 30 November 2021 after the BRRR process was concluded by the committee, as indicated above. Honorable members, whilst the pandemic and the, the pandemic and the economic turndown affected the performance of CETA like other entities, it is worth noting that CETA achieved 72.22% of its annual targets with a qualified audit opinion which is quite an improvement from the 2019-2020 financial year of 60% annual target achievement. In keeping with the NTP 2030 and the 4IR Commission perspectives on digital transformation, in the period under review, CETA fulfilled a pertinent role by enabling government departments to deliver public services. Furthermore, the rate of digital transformation was accelerated 
and a compelling case was made for the greater use of digital technologies. To this end, CETA as the ICT agents of government enabled government and its departments to operate remotely and seamlessly, making available more digital platforms while maintaining uh, cost effectiveness. In addition, more e-services were developed, capacity on cloud was optimally utilized, and the backlog on the certifications for higher education was incrementally reduced for the convenience of citizens. All this was done without compromising the financial viability of CETA as a self-funded SOC. Fellow South Africans, the observations and recommendations of the committee as stated in the report are therefore put before this discussed for consideration. However, it must be placed on record that contrary to the negative narrative that South Africans are made to believe about failing cadre deployment and collapsing state entities, CETA remains one example where a competent executive caretaker, Mr. Vuyokese, was brought in to lead the entity and competent men and women were attracted back to the entity to fill vacancies to ensure its repurposing. History has begun to absolve us. I thank you, House Chair. Uh, thank you. Um, I will now that recognize the chief with of the majority party. Honorable House Chair, thank you very much. I move the report to be accepted by the House. Thank you very much. The motion is that the report be adopted, but I will give opportunity for members for, who want to make declaration on this matter. Do we have any member from the DA? Yeah. Proceed. House Chair, yes. uh, Honorable Bodlan is online. should be making the declaration online. Okay, no problem. Proceed, Honorable. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you so much. Chairperson, the Democratic Alliance welcomes the report of the Portfolio Committee on Communications on the annual report and financial statements of the State Information Technology Agency. Noting that CETA tabled its report only after the BRRR process was concluded, the committee met with CETA on 15th February 2022. Chairperson, as an ICT agency of government, this entity is well-placed to be a springboard in improving the lives of South Africans by enhancing public service delivery and indeed reaching the ever-elusive fourth industrial revolution by the government of the day. Mandate of CETA is clear, which is to improve service delivery to the public through the provision of information technology, information systems, and related services in a maintained information system, security environments to government departments and public bodies, and to promote efficiency in our departments and public bodies using information technology. That said, Chairperson, we note 15 recommendations made by the committee. From the 15 recommendations, allow me to Chairperson to highlight five of the 15. 
The first recommendation from the committee that we look at is that all areas of underachievement as indicated by the Auditor General are addressed expediently. Chairperson, the DA holds highly the process of auditing and its importance cannot be overstated. We rely on such professional and impartial processes as an oversight and accountability mechanism. We call on the management and the board to put every resource available to address all matters raised by the AG. Noting that any audit report has an effect in how an organization is perceived by the public and how the organization sees itself. The second recommendation we look at is that the committee acknowledges that the entity should not depend on external outsourcing and it should instead create internal skills to enable the organization to be self-sustainable. As the DA, we fully support this recommendation as it will ensure that the agency builds solid institutional knowledge and will not find itself paying consultants perpetually without any transfer of skills to the entity, as we have seen in many government departments and state-owned companies, which are today on the brink of collapse. The third recommendation we look at, Chairperson, is that an amount of 1.5 million rands for non-existence conferences must be recovered. The DA notes that the agency is self-funded. That said, Every cent meant to bring South Africans up matters. The loss of any funds, whether through corruption or fruitless expenditure, is felt by the end users. We will support every endeavor by CETA to recover the 1.5 million rands and call on the agency to be expedient in recovering the 1.5 million rands. The first recommendation we look at, Chairperson, is that the tender processes become transparent with accountability and integrity using the digital platforms created by CETA for a proper communications with all stakeholders, irrespective of the delegations of some of the SCM responsibilities of the department. Chairperson, again, public perception is everything. The DA fully supports the above recommendation of the committee. All service providers have a right to an open tender system. This will ensure that we eliminate any sense of doubt about the willing bidder. This will go a long way in building public trust in the tender system. The fifth and final recommendations that I would like to expand on from the committee is that CITAS plans to continue to recover all finances obtained illegally by companies for unused software licenses across the state as supported by the committee. Chairperson, again, every cent matters. If CETA as an entity of government is going to succeed in providing e-government services and help the economy of South Africa, it is, this is a crucial matter which should be addressed with the agency it deserves. I thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Bodani. We, the EFF. Thank you, uh, Chairperson. Chairperson, the tragedy of the coronavirus ought to have frogmatched the antiquated technology services of the state into the 21st century to make it easy for citizens to access state services and for the state to connect more meaningfully to the citizens. It is therefore inexcusable that the State Information Technology Agency is intimately involved in the, in the, in the information technology network connectivity problems experienced by the Department of Home Affairs. 
The excuse by the leadership of CETA that home affairs is encountering the problems it is encountering because they insisted in buying cheap network connectivity option just does not cut it. CETA should be at the center of state technology services, not just with home affairs, but across all levels of the state. It is an embarrassment that CETA has not been able to assist the Department of Public Service and Administration to move away from the Z83 requirement for those applying for jobs in the public service, for instance. As far as the financial statements of the third period are concerned, the Auditor General painted a very concerning picture of the entity and gave it a qualified audit opinion. The entity is simply unable to account for its own property and technology portfolio. There was 820 million of irregular expenditure at the entity and 1.5 billion of irregular expenditure incurred in the past financial years, and this has been condemned. This basically leaves those responsible for this maladministration to go untouched, unaccountable, and with no clear plan of ensuring that this does not happen again. The entity is strategically placed to revolutionize the public service through cutting-edge technology innovations that remove unnecessary red tape in the provision of public services. But it is stuck with visionless leadership and overseen by a corrupt political network that seeks to milk the state at every available opportunity. We therefore reject this report. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Dumbo. The IFP. Thank you, Honorable House Chair. The COVID-19 pandemic has now been with us for more than two years. And in addition to all the negative health impact, it also forced us to embrace the so-called new normal. Even today, we are participating in a hybrid sitting of the house with members present physically, but with many of us joining visually from South Africa's other eight provinces. When the pandemic struck, government was forced to pilot and find a way to continue with the business of parliament. The Department of Communication and Digital Technologies and in specific, the State Information Technology Agency played a central role. We would like to commend CETA for providing seamless and secure remote access solution services to 8336 officials, as well as the work done to provide video conferencing tools, upgrading and provisioning of connectivity and more. Although there were a few hiccups in the early days, it has on the whole been a smooth transition. The setup uh, further provided 24-7 customer service support, another achievement worth mentioning. However, as the IFP, we feel it is also important to highlight the areas where CETA has failed to meet expectation. Although it is refreshing to encounter a public entity that is sustainable, financially viable, this does not give CETA a free pass when it comes to audit outcomes. The entity received a qualified audit opinion due largely to their failure to adhere to several of the standards of generally or recognized accounting practices. Also a great concern to the IFP is that CETA reported 820 million of irregular expenditure and 18.6 million fruitless and wasteful expenditure. In addition to this, 1.5 billion was incurred in the previous year and condoned. It is never acceptable to waste or irregular spend state monies. But even more so in, in our current economic climate, where every rent needs to be carefully accounted for and invested where it can have the greatest impact in relation to service delivery. 
we are pleased to hear that CETA management has now changed its focus to the prevention uh, to the prevention of irregular expenditure and we will be monitoring the success of the various measures that have been introduced as the IFP we are fe- we are further in agreement with the various committee recommendations, particularly those relating to ensuring uh, I'm sorry Recommendations particular to those relating to ensuring that tender processes is transparent and adheres to all the requirements of the PFMA and various treasure regulations related to procurement. This particularly in light of the fact that procurement processes have been identified by various commissions of inquiry. Thank you, Honorable Member. Thank you so much. Including the Zondo Commission. The IFP accepts the report. Thank you. FF plus. The FF plus symbol should be there. ACDP. Thank you, House Chair. With your permission, I will leave the camera off. Um, we, from the ACDP, support, um, support the report and we welcome the report because it does highlight a number of the deficiencies at CETA. In particular, we join the committee in expressing concern about the qualified audit, as well as fruitless and wasteful expenditure. Uh, just a recommendation regarding the issue of tender processes and their compliance with the relevant legislation, particularly the Public Finance Management Act, as well as tender regulations, should be supported and needs to be implemented. Chair, it is of great concern to the ACDP that a number of organizations have lacked compliance with the PFMA and tender regulations. And in light of the fact that there are now enhanced powers for the Auditor General to prosecute those accounting officers that do not comply with the PFMA, from our perspective, we would like to see further action taken against the accounting officers and, and in the CETAs who do not comply with the relevant legislation. The ACDP supports the report. I thank you. Thank you, Honourable Member. No Beauty. declaration, Chair. Beautiful. Thank you very much, sir. ATM. <laughs> Good. And no declaration, Chair. Thank you. Thank you very much. NFP. Uh, thank you, Honorable House Chair. The National Freedom Party notes the report of the Portfolio Committee on Communications on the Annual Report and Financial Statement of CETA. Uh, House Chair, four, four IR is here to stay, and CETA is the entity to drive and lead South Africa to the realization of the fourth industrial revolution. Now, how can this be realized if the entity itself has an inadequate IT control environment? This is the State Information Technology Agency. How? Secondly, the National Freedom Party is particularly concerned about the 
about the entity's enormous irregular expenditure of 820 million, 560 million of continuing from prior years and only 260 million detected in the current years. Needless to mention, the fruitless and wasteful expenditure amounted to 18.6 million. House Chair, some things were real. Some things we really need to look at them carefully and ask ourselves if we are happy with the way our entities, agencies, and departments are performing. We cannot accept irregular expenditures of such enormous amounts and fruitless and wasteful expenditures under the current fiscal constraints that we are faced with in this country. This cannot be normal, but it looks like we have normalized poor performance and waste of resources during the time when we need these resources the most. Thank you, House Chair. Thank you, Honorable Member. AIC. Hope. PAC. No, Chair. Okay, Honorable Member PAC. I said no, Chair. Pass, Chair. Not talking. Sebong. Al Jama. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable House Chair. Honorable House Chair, 21st century competencies is the new buzzword. And uh, we hope in future reports uh, we will hear about the research and the funding uh, that the entity has provided. Uh, to establish 21st century competencies so that all South Africans uh, from the primary school level uh, can uh, be geared towards achieving 21st century competencies. We can't carry on with Stone Age competencies. Thank you very much, Honorable House Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Member. ANC. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson, Honorable Members. Uh, Chairperson, uh, speaking at the Digital Economy Summit in July 2019, President Cyril Ramaphosa implored us to define and redefine our society and explore the future of a digital enabled economy that is transformative, fair, sustainable, and competitive. The State Information Technology Agency has a fundamental role to play in our vision and strategy of the fourth industrial revolution, particularly in affording an opportunity for the SMMEs and finding local solutions. Honorable members, a critical component in the growth of the ICT sector is the availability of high demand of spectrum. To this extent, we are happy that the first round of the auction went well, and the ANC welcomes the bids made by Telcom and Rain, respectively. This process, Honorable Chair, has indeed been long overdue, and we look forward to the economic opportunities in the digital economy it is going to create. As honorable members might be aware, in the recent past, the agency was not in its greatest shape. And as such, it has resulted in the appointment of an administrator for repossessing of an agency 
in order to address its immediate challenges to align with the government digital transformation plan. Chairperson, the ANC is proud of the hard work and dedication that has been demonstrated by the administrator and his team. And we welcome the appointment of the board as the itself. Chairperson, while the COVID-19 caused a lot of strain and devastation to a lot of businesses, it also provided some opportunities for the agency to put its turnaround strategy into action by working with the various government departments to ensure that they are able to optimal use of digital software that will enable them to continue to carry out their mandate to serve our people in the midst of such deadly pandemic. Chairperson, digital transformation was accelerated, more e-services were developed, capacity on the cloud technologies were optimally utilized amongst other things. Chairperson, CETA annual performance reflects an achievement of 72.22% of their set annual targets as reflected in the report. While this indicates that not all targets were met, but the ANC welcomes the interventions they were able to make on the development of multi-e-government services and the establishment of an e-government portal that serves as a single point of entry to government electronic services. The portal currently has more than 55 e-services available. Members, uh, CETA also managed to reduce the backlog of the Department of Higher Education and Training Certificates, which dated back to 1992, thereby supporting government service delivery and satisfying the needs of deserving candidates. The ANC believes that government must put efforts to ensure that SMME opportunities are created in the whole ICT value chain and further encourage black industrial participation in, in the country as a whole. There must be a deliberate legislative intervention to promote local content, production, hardware, and further create an enabling environment for innovation in areas of software development, application development in the black industry, in the studies program to ensure the development of SMEs. Another key program chairperson for the Department of Communication and Digital Technologies is SA Connect project, which is aimed at making sure that we bridge the digital divide that exists in the country. CETA supported government in this initiative by upgrading 249 sites and ultimately bringing the total number connected sites to 970, which means 730 new sites and 257 upgrade sites. While we acknowledge, amongst other things, the improved financial performance and self-sustainability trajectory that the agency is moving towards, the ANC remains concerned about the fact that CETA received a qualified audit opinion. The Office of the Editor General was unable to determine the correct carrying amount of property plan and equipment. In addition, Chairperson, intangible assets were not adequately assessed for impairment and reporting date as required by, by draft 26. In conclusion, Chairperson and honorable members, on irregular, fruitless and wasteful expenditure, during 2020-2021 financial year, 
CETA reported 820 million irregular expenditure and 18.6 fruitless and wasteful expenditure. In addition to this, 1.5 billion was incurred in the previous years and condoned. Finally, the ANC implores the entity to put in place consequence management, but more fundamentally would be to put in place preventative mechanism going forward. Chairperson, therefore, the ANC support this report and its recommendations. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Honorable Member. The motion is that the report be adopted. Are there any objections? House Chair, can you please note the objection of the EFS? Noted. Any further objections? No objections are true. The secretary will read the second order. Consideration of report of committee on tourism on quarter one and quarter two performance report for 2021-22 financial year. And I recognize the Honorable Elma Kubela Mashele from the chair. Honourable members, we tabled the report of the Portfolio Committee on Tourism for the first quarter and the second quarter performance for the financial year 21 and 2022 for this house to consider. The Department of Tourism and its entity, which is South African Tourism, performed the first quarter and the second quarter functions within a highly challenged environment due to COVID-19 regulations and the travel restrictions, which were put in place to mitigate and lower the transmission of the virus after the discovery of the Delta and the Omicron virus. Uh, variants, respectively. Honorable members, the advent of COVID-19 on our shores has had a long-lasting and severely devastation, devastating effects on the tourism sector. To this day, some of the businesses have not been able to reopen and some are barely breaking even. By the end of quarter one, the department had achieved 48 of its 67 identified targets, which translates to about 71%. And in terms of its spending, it is about 23% of the budgeted allocation. By the end of quarter two, the department had only achieved 44 of its identified 61 targets, which translates to about 72%, and which only translates to about 35% of its budget allocation. This spending pattern, patterns reflect 
understanding for both the department and its entity. The ANC remains concerned about the other factors which may not be attributed to COVID-19 that impacted negatively on the performance of the department and its entities. These issues uh, are such as lack of coordination, poor working relations amongst others. South African Tourism, which is the only entity of the department, achieved 16 of its targets, which also translates to about 18% of its uh, allocated budget for quarter one. For the second quarter, the entity reported only 24 targets, which translated to about 34% of its budget allocation for quarter two. We are, however, we are concerned, uh, honorable members, but we do welcome these uh, functions by the department because we know that tourism in its nature wanted people to converge. And if we wanted to mitigate against uh, the spread of the virus, we had to put in place restrictions which halted the tourism sector and put it to a standstill. Honorable members, we are picking up the pieces or the, the, the sector is picking up the pieces and rebuilding. As we do so, we must be guided by the clarion call from the President of the Republic in his 2022 State of the Nation address, when he said, we need to work together to forge a social compact to include every South African and every part of our society as we embark on a recovery and create jobs. Honorable members, as we envision and work towards a tourism and a future post-COVID-19, we have an obligation to put more impetus on dismantling the systems that continue to, to oppress women and strengthen our resolve to create policies that will transform the patterns of ownership in the tourism sector and its value chain. We must ensure that the tourism sector does translate to the benefit of those that were previously disadvantaged. As we do so, we must be Thank able you very to. Much, honorable, member. honorable members, we table the report for this House to consider. Thank you. As there is no list of speakers, I now recognize the Honorable the Chief Whip of the Majority Party. Thank you very much, uh, I move that the report be adopted beyond intimidation. <laughs> I will now recognize political parties wishing to make a declaration. The usual times for declarations apply. GA. Thank you, Mr. Chair. 
the frank and honest report on the tourism department's first and second quarter performance uh, and that of the uh, entity South African Tourism admits that it was the lockdown and the associated regulations that decimated the tourism, hospitality and related sectors, causing the loss of hundreds of thousands of jobs. No one is fooled when we're told that it was COVID-19 that caused this. It was this government, the ANC government. Even the opportunities created by this government to assist the sector proved to be substandard, using a court case, for example, as an excuse to stop providing assistance. In reality, it's the usual, uh, and as is usual with the ANC, the Tourism Relief Fund, as well as the Relief Fund for tour guides, were opportunities to launder money, steal and plunder it. When that wasn't happening, incompetent and ill-qualified ANC cadres couldn't or wouldn't administer these funds properly. It's shocking to see how this department is unable to undertake the most basic of administrative tasks, such as confirming identity numbers. As a result, an astronomical over 13 million rand of these funds have been paid out incorrectly by the Department of Tourism. Replies by the minister to questions that I posed confirm that officials working for the state and people already receiving grants were paid out. Even dead people were paid out. What an indictment on the department and a slap in the face to those who have lost their jobs and those who are still waiting for any type of support. Instead of trying to micromanage and control the sector by creating training programs that have no empirical research indicating the demand for them in the first place, they should rather allow the private sector itself to undertake this. Government should instead create an environment that will make it more attractive and more conducive for businesses to grow in the sector and to develop it in South Africa. Specialist companies that can respond to international bids are best placed to do this. Government should rather assist those companies which ultimately bring in much needed foreign revenue and thus creates jobs and opportunities. Countries that have assisted their tourism and hospitality specialist businesses have shown that these sectors grow and develop exponentially. It's the job of this department to create an attractive environment for tourism and hospitality. It's not its job to be involved in the actual business of tourism. All members of the Portfolio Committee agree that we need to encourage, grow and develop tourism in rural areas, towns and villages. However, this will only happen if this government ensures that the required infrastructure that will make this happen is there in the first place. Tourists will visit these areas only if they have a means to get there and are comfortable and safe when they are there. Infrastructure such as good roads, access to water and electricity is what will ensure that new tourism opportunities occur because when the required infrastructure is in place, the private sector will do the rest. In this context, the department should focus on improving communication, coordination and collaboration between itself and other departments as this remains a major problem in each of the departments that have different and sometimes even opposing priorities. Although the INC government expects tourists to visit tourism sites, they appear to fail to understand the importance of maintaining and building additional infrastructure that will ensure that tourists visit these sites and areas now and in the future. To illustrate this, South Africa had the best rail tourism sector in the continent. Today, thanks to this government's lack of maintenance, modernization, absence of infrastructure protection, corruption, theft and cargo deployment, it's non-existent. Until this government understands what it should be doing and put old-fashioned ideology aside, tourism in South Africa will not realize its true potential for economic growth and job creation. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Member. EFF. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, may I please switch off my video because I 
I don't have good uh, time uh, network where I am. Chairperson, we are not going to support this report due to the following. Statistics order, about order, 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 honorable members. Order, Chairperson. honorable members, give a, give a member a chance to, 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 to state his case. On a point of order, Chair. EFF. On a point of order, Chair. Honorable Mtangwene, what's the point of order? Can our member please be, be, be protected by uh, the Honorable Chief Whip of the ANC? Please, we know our voice is loud. But, but she must just keep it a bit down. You, you. Let's let the member continue, please. Honorable Pebane. Thank you, Chairperson. I was interrupt interrupted. May I proceed? Okay, Honorable Member. Thank you very much, Chairperson. As EFF, we are not going to support this report due to the following. Statistics South Africa released a tourism 2020 report in which they noted that the foreign arrivals dropped by 71% from just over 15.8 million in 2019 to less than 5 million in 2020. It, it is obvious to everyone that COVID had a huge effect on this sector. But what is the what this period has demonstrated to us is an inability of the leadership of the sector to reimagine tourism during times of global difficulties like this era of COVID. We have we have been consistent in our calls for much more aggressive approach to promoting local, local and regional tourism in order to counterbalance the unsustainable reliance on foreign tourism in the country. This we did even before COVID-19 struck. This is because we, we have no leadership in this department. The department has failed to even meet their own targets for the first and the second quarter of this financial year. The tourism recovery plan offers nothing of substance other than the giving the, the TS grant to an unidentified category of employees. The department merely spent 19% of its own budget for destination development during this period, despite the great need for diversity, diversifying our tourism value propositions in the country. They achieved only eight out of their 19 targets of tourism sector support. It is difficult to understand why this has happened because the entire tourism is on its knees as a result of COVID. The Tourism Equity Fund has been embroiled in, in court shenanigans because of the challenge from racist groups who are fighting the prioritization of black people to benefit from the fund. We do not know why the department has not approved this decision of the Supreme Court of Appeals in the Constitutional Court. The right-wing march by the courts on questions of transformation must be challenged because this, this, is, this risk shutting out millions of black people from active participation in the economy. So we reject this report. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Member. IFP.
Honorable uh, House Chairperson, tourism and renewable service are vital bloodline for for our economy in 2018. The tourism sector in, in South Africa contributed 180 billion to GDP and contributed about 4.5 billion, 4.5 percent of total employment in, in South Africa. This sector is one of the worst hit by the devastating impact of the pandemic. And it demands our collective effort to rebuild and to ensure that everything possible is done to eliminate any further breakdown. It is with this in mind that the IFP on consideration of performance report is greatly alarmed by the Department of Tourism continuously failure to address fruitless and wasteful expenditure, as well as the vacancy rate with the department the report notes 57 vacancies at the beginning of financial year, of which 34 were prioritized to be filled. The failure of the department to fill all these prioritized positions cannot and should not be condoned. This failure seriously hampers performance and the achievement of project targets. And in these challenging times, we need, we need to demand accountability. We cannot allow this. We also related the, the Auditor General concern that overall audit outcomes of tourism portfolio have regressed in 2020 to 2021, and it, it, it calls for proper consequences management. As a portfolio committee, we, we need to closely monitor the quality of performance and report of this vital sector. The IP also anchored the portfolio committee concern on the leadership instability as SA tourism, which is further aggravated by high vacancy rates in critical position. Considering the urgent need to rebuild the tourism sector, this critical failure to ensure the organization is still with directions and stability cannot be tolerated. The IP will closely monitor recruitment at the organizations and especially the constitution of the new board by the minister. The, the IP is vocally supporter of investing in community-based tourism projects and ensuring our rural community reap the advantage of tourism. We also we have also much to offer in this unique and diverse country of ours. But it is vitally clear that very little effort is made by the department to support community-based tourism projects. As noted by the portfolio committee, the formation of target regarding community-based tourism project are vaguer and delay in pointing service provider seriously hamper these projects. Again, this simply cannot be tolerated, especially in the, after, in the aftermath of the pandemic. We must ensure that we invest in our communities that are struggling to survive. The IFP strongly support the portfolio committee recommendation, and we will continue to monitor the performance of the department. The IFP do support the report. FF Plus. Thank you, Honorable House Chair. The importance of tourism sector for the economy of South Africa cannot be stressed enough. The tourism sector, from a macro view, you will note that one helps the other and therefore making one another stronger. When a tourist visits South Africa, they don't contribute only to one business, but contribute to the whole value chain. On the downside, it must also be stressed that when something like the social unrest in KwaZulu-Natal and Gauteng happens, it affects the whole value chain. The report put it well, that the unrest had a negative impact on the confidence of the country's social stability and brand. 
It isn't limited to the social unrest, but also due to murder and general criminality taking place at resorts, parks, and tourist destinations. When these crimes take place with no concrete action, it damages the brand and the desirability of South Africa as a tourist destination. Honorable House Chair, the report recognized that the investors are watching the tourism environment because they are not sure when the country will likely recover. Yet economic recovery and investors' confidence does not only fall on the shoulders of the tourism department, but that of every department in the government structure. The department must adapt quicker to ever-changing trend of the tourism sector. The department must try to get other departments on board with their vision for the recovery of the tourism sector. And lastly, Honorable House Chair, the report wants to blame legal action against them for not reaching targets. And I quote, the interdict placed on a tourism equity fund has altered the department's efforts to stimulate sector transformation. This is misleading and wants to shift the blame of the department's failure. And by doing so, try to make the applicant the monster of the tourism sector transformation plan. Yet in a case made against the department at the then minister, it was put clearly that when the minister made the direction on the 6th of April 2021, in terms of the Disaster Management Act, that the minister was not legally obliged by the Broad Basic Black Economic Empowerment Act to make eligibility for the assistance from a tourism relief fund subject to the tourism sector code, made in terms of the act and the direction was consequently unlawful. Furthermore, it was put in court by the department that the amount of 200 million was already disbursed to the recipients. It is a shame that the department wants to blame their failure on someone else. The court papers further state that both parties and therefore the department agree that a tourism relief fund was a transformation initiative and not a COVID relief fund. Shame on the then minister and the department for trying to misuse the strategy of the pandemic to enforce ANC policy onto a market that was crippled the hardest in the pandemic. The courts found that the then minister, Minister Nkubane, committed error of law. And I want to repeat, the minister committed error of law. Thank you, Alche. Thank you. Thank you, Honourable Member. ACDP. Thank you, Chair. Your Voorzitter, the state and the tourism bedrijf gefaal. Van die kaap tot boe in die bosveld is daar mooie plekke. Geschiedkundige blijplekken, restauranten, kleincafés, wat al dieren voor altijd toegemaakt in die laatste twee jaar. Die toemaak van hierdie plekjes, het die gezicht van dorpies voor altijd veranderd, en met dit honderden mensen van werken en inkomsten beroof. Die ACDP ondersteunt die comité zijn aanbeveling dat klein dorpies meer bezigheid moet krijgen, en dat die departement dit een prioriteit moet maken. Hierdie departement is die toonbeeld van hoe stadig die staat is om van pas te verander in een veranderde omgeving. Any good business would change its strategies and reprioritize plans to ensure growth. We however do not see it in this report. Annika Roe is een moedige vrouw Karen de Tooi, wie se bezigheid werk verskaf aan ons mense in die omliggende gebiede van haar gasthuis. En voor die afgelopen paar jaren heeft ze jong mensen opgeleid en sociale initiatieven ondersteun uit die opbrengst van haar gasthuis. Zij heeft twee keer al een oordracht bij die bank aangevraagd, net zodat so haar werkers nog steeds een salaris kan verdienen en om die dieren van haar bezigheid op te houden. Daar is bijzulke bezigheden en die regering moet hulp verleen aan mensen zoals Karen. Werkscheping moet die prioriteit wees, zodat so meer mensen hulle families kan ondersteunen. 
rural development rural development needs must get a stronger focus and this must be integrated with other departments such as education and social development to stem migration to cities and to retain the youth in rural areas by supporting skills development programs in the tourism sector within these dorpies what is the department and its entities going to do to encourage investment in the sector specifically in our rural areas and the acdp is pleading with the department to make it a priority and to invest in businesses like the small business and to make employment creation the main priority thank you chair thank you honorable member udm ATM. Good. Uh, Chairperson, we have no declaration. Thank you. Thank you. NFP. Thank you, House Chair. The National Freedom Party notes and welcomes the report of the Portfolio Committee on Tourism. <clears throat> now that we are almost over COVID-19, we need to ensure that we enhance tourism in the country to revive the economy and generate revenue for the sector. The high levels of crime in the country are affecting the tourism sector. A comprehensive plan needs to be put in place between SAPS and tourism department on how we can assure tourists safety so that they can be encouraged to come to the country. The different tourist attractions must be marked. Now that we are moving towards having the e-visas, but we need to ensure that we protect the tourists while they are in the country. We have beautiful places and tourist attraction sites in the country. The departments together with two operators put a plan together on how to attract tourists in South Africa to review the sector and contribute towards our economic growth. Perhaps the governments could provide some incentives to the business in the country, given the fact that they are impacted by the energy crisis and COVID-19. We call on the department and SA Tourism to put together a comprehensive marketing plan that can be advertised abroad to attract more tourists. The government is not doing enough to revive the sector and <clears throat> there are also jobs at stakes if we do not act. There should be no fear of getting people to come into the country. The Department of Home Affairs must also come in to assist the Department of Tourism with tourists coming into the country and ensure that when their tourist visas expire, they leave the country. Thank you very much, Honorable Member. AIC. COPE. PAC. No declarations. Thank you, Honorable Member. PAC. Al Jamal. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable House Chair. Honorable House Chair, many of us are now tired of hearing a plenary session after plenary session about cadre deployment, which is nothing more than saying protect white dominance in this case of the tourism industry. No one has been left out, but listening to the Honorable Members representing white tourism, it looks like we are on our own. They just moan and moan and groan. 
So all the Mahasim guys in Basada of Indonesia uh, and sort of uh, picked up. Honorable members. Honorable members, please. Continue. You see, they still moan and groan. Continue, Honorable Hanif. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Auschie. So, Alza Maas engaged the ambassador of Indonesia and uh, conveyed uh, the uh, uh, opportunities to the city of Cape Town, and they are very excited. Uh, there's a market of 10 million Indonesians that want to visit uh, Cape Town and other parts of the country and the big five. Uh, many Indonesians think that the lions uh, roam in Adelaide Street and that the giraffes uh, walk, uh, uh, walk around in the book up. So the uh, tourism uh, needs to do a bit of more marketing uh, 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 to make sure that the tourists uh, can identify what they like. We have to uh, start leveling the playing fields, uh, Honorable House Chair, and that's why Al Jamal welcomes the opportunities for homestays in our different communities, in our 5,000 villages that we have in South Africa. Tourism cannot be restricted uh, uh, just to the, to the cities, which is uh, largely white-controlled. Uh, white so Al Jamal welcomes this report, and I think moving forward, Honorable House Chair, we need to assist the tourists, tourism department instead of continually moaning and groaning about cater deployment and this and that. You know, we need to move on and no one must be left out. Thank you very much, Honorable House Chair. Thank you, Honorable Member. ANC. ANC. Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Members, uh, Honorable Chairperson, the South African economy has not been fundamentally transformed to serve all people. Unemployment remains high, particularly amongst the young people. The National Development Plan recognizes the tourism sector as a highly labor-intensive industry, which stimulates the development of small businesses and which generates foreign direct investment and significant export earnings. Based on these facts, both the public and private sector should, should strengthen their collective to resolve to work towards the recovery of the sector. The ANC government is committed to increase support for the tourism sector, including cultural tourism, to boost its job creation capacity by adopting a wide uh, and a whole government approach to tourism. Honorable members, Tourism is interconnected to almost every department. We call on all government departments to contribute to its growth and development. By so doing, government working together with social partners will be alleviating poverty from many people, women in particular, who are well represented in the sector. The African National Congress welcomes the efforts that the department together with its provincial counterparts is putting in place to revamp tourism infrastructure. A few days ago, the Deputy Minister of Tourism was officially handing over the newly developed Bavian Slope Interpretive Center and Leopard Trail Hikers Huts in the 
Bavia Slope World Heritage Site in the Eastern Cape. While the report indicates that there might have been some setbacks on the full implementation of the tourism recovery plan, it remains the blueprint for the realization of the sector's recovery and more impetus needs to be placed on the implementation of the plan. Honorable House Chair, the report we are tabling today reflects a mixture of good and bad performance. Though the COVID-19 really hit hard on the sector, there have been some noticeable achievements and would like to encourage the department to do better where they didn't do well, but also strive to excel in those areas where they did relatively well. In quarter one, instead of the planned 574 work opportunities, 997 were created. However, the department fell short on this target. In quarter two, instead of achieving the planned 956 work opportunities, only 395 were created. We are concerned about the drop in the quarter two. Honorable members and honorable house chair, it is disheartening to witness critical programs that seeks to address the fundamental challenges within the sector be delayed by the court processes. The, the tourism equity was officially launched by the president on the 26th of January, 2021. On the 26th of April, 2021, an order by the High Court of South African interdicted and restrained CIFA from receiving, processing, or making any payments to any application for the funding from the TEF. Pending confirmation, of the validity of the criteria for the fund. The court interdicted by AfriForum and Solidarity has delayed 180 million worth of grants from being allocated to deserving and needy business in the sector. Understanding and non-achievement on the EPWP and on programs that were aimed at developing the youth and women in the sector is a matter of grave concern. And we'd like to encourage the department to consider making use of the digital platforms to carry out some of their training programs in meeting physically, if meeting physically is not possible. Honorable House Chair, these are, are the concerns to us because it is through such initiatives that we are, we are able to impact on the lives of our people. Despite the challenges, we are happy that the set was able to achieve of of all its four targets by the end of quarter two under program four business events. The entity was able to develop and launch its global business events campaign. The campaign is targeted at increasing tourism's contribution to inclusive growth by positioning South Africa as a business events destination. This also includes the domestic business events campaign which is targeted at positioning South Africa as a business events destination for the domestic market. Before COVID-19, the meetings, incentives, conferences, and exhibition industry was estimated to be worth 853 billion and was projected to double to 1.6 trillion in 2030. That just gives an indication of how much South Africa could leverage from, from that. And we welcome the intervention made by the entity. The ANC supports their, their report and its recommendation. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That was the maiden speech from the Honorable 
Sendi Swamaneli. The motion is that the report be adopted. Are there any objections? Yes. Objections? Yes, I was chairing the objection from the EFF. Chat. Um, also, note your objection on the Freedom Front Plus. Thank you. No Chairperson. Honorable Secretary. If you could note the objection of the ACDP. Noted, Honorable Member. No further objections. Motion agreed to. That, Honorable Members, concludes the business for the day and the house is adjourned. Long live the chair! Thank you. Long live the Recording chief! Recording stop.